Let's take our Bibles and turn, if you will, to uh, the book of Jonah and chapter number 2. We preached last evening on using a little phrase, borrowing a little phrase, confession is good for the soul, and we saw how that Jonah was brought to where God intends to bring all of us, and that's to a place of genuine confession before Him. A confession of salvation, a confession of sin, a confession of our faults and failures. Uh, God loves to hear confessions. And he says so in his word. As a matter of fact, he said, If you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. God will join in on the confession. But I want to move a step further. I want to begin reading in verse number 1 of chapter 2 of the book of Jonah. Now you realize chapter 1 tells us how the Lord wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh, a northern uh, country that was well known for its cruelty. And uh, Jonah didn't think much about Nineveh. He didn't like Nineveh. And uh, so God tells him to go to Nineveh, and he goes in the opposite direction, running from the Lord. And he gets on a ship, and the storm comes as God prepared it, and ultimately he ends up uh, in the belly of a whale in verse number 17. We pick up in chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible said, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardst my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth clothed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry ground. I want to use another little phrase that became popular a few years ago as an ad for Rolaids. And it goes something like this, how do you spell relief? When your questions can't be answered, things seem to be nagging and eating away at you. Circumstances are beyond your control and out of hand. How do you spell relief? When there's a load heavier than you can bear, pressure seems to be pressing down upon you. It seems as old that your soul is being crushed. How do you spell relief? 
I know that uh, some of the women would agree with me that the way some men spell relief is F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L or uh, H-U-N-T-I-N-G. But some of you men would say amen when I said that the way that women spell relief is many of them W-A-L-M-A-R-T. <laughs> we all have our ways of spelling relief, some way to find some kind of release of the tension that is within us and upon us. But if we could ask Jonah tonight how he spelled relief, I believe that he would spell relief this way. P-R-A-Y-E-R. Prayer. Jonah is certainly under pressure and he's all stressed out. We can tell from chapter number 2. And what does he do when he's at rock bottom as low as any man has ever gotten and yet be alive, what does he do? He draws upon the resource that God Almighty has given every one of us for times like these. And he begins to do what we all can do. He began to pray. And he found his release and his relief in a sweet time of prayer. Now, there are several prayers that are in the book of Jonah. Three I bring to your attention by way of introduction. I think we notice a sad prayer of the sailors in verse 14 through 16 where they began to pray each man to their God. That's a sad prayer, isn't it? We see that in our day when folks talk about prayer and you realize that they're not talking about praying to God. It's just a prayer to some kind of a supernatural being that they do not know. That's a sad prayer. And uh, then I guess we would say that uh, Jonah prayed a silly prayer in chapter 4 and verse 2 when he prayed to die. It was a silly prayer. God didn't answer that prayer. But yet at the same time, there was another prayer, which was the prayer of the Ninevites, which is a saving prayer, as they prayed for God to save them in an hour of repentance. And then we come to our prayer that's found here in chapter 2, which is a very sincere prayer. Jonah's not just praying, I lay me down to sleep, honey. He is very sincere in the prayer that he is praying here. Now, there are three things that I want to point out to you concerning prayer that we find in Jonah chapter number 2. How do you spell relief? The first thing I want to point out to you is the asking of prayer. The asking of prayer. In verse 1, I didn't say that Jonah prayed. The Bible said that Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he goes on and tells us in another verse that he prayed. So the scripture lets us know that Jonah is engaging in prayer. He is, he is, we notice the asking of prayer. Now, I get a sense of encouragement and an uplift when I think about this 
this prayer that is prayed here in chapter number 2. Seemingly, it's all over with. Jonah has rebelled against God. He has run in his own direction. He has been thrown overboard and swallowed by a whale. Wouldn't you uh, come to the conclusion that it's over now? It's over. We'll never see that boy again. It's over. But Jonah prayed. Just in the time when you think it's over, thank God prayer is able to pull you out of it. Glad for that. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged in prayer when I think of who prayed. Jonah prayed. Oh, thank God it lets me know that anybody can pray. If the thief on the cross can pray. If Simon Peter, after he denied the Lord three times, can pray and can get a hold of God, honey, I don't care who you are tonight. I've got hope and encouragement for you. You can pray. God invites us all, but you say, Preacher, you don't know me. You don't know where I come from. You don't know what I've been into. Honey, I don't care. If you're rock bottom, you can still pray. I'm encouraged. Times when I feel as though as I, I'm as low as the devil and as wicked as the devil. But thank God I can pull off my closet somewhere and get along with God began to pray. And the Holy Ghost can pull me out of that. I'm encouraged when I'm thinking of who is praying. It lets me know that anybody can pray. I'm encouraged of thinking of when he is praying. Thinking of when he was he is praying. You know, there, I don't know that there's ever a bad time to pray, but there's probably better times to pray. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We should pray in a time of decision. In verse number 2, when the Lord came to Jonah and told him what he wanted him to do, it had been a good time to pray about that. In a time of decision, when we, we're going to have to choose directions, we have come to the crossroad, it'd be a good time right then to pray. Not waiting to later and, and grieve over the decision, it's a good time to pray. I say there's good times to pray, but then, then there's better times to pray. We should pray in a time of disobedience. In verse number 3, when Jonah's heart says no to God. I like the songwriters uh, when he wrote and he said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We're human and we're flesh. And I'll tell you, our hearts many times seem to move away from God. But when your heart's getting cold and you know that you're not wanting to do what God wants you to do and you're headed off in your direction, just stop right there. You don't have the power to change that. No, you can't change yourself, but God can. Pour your heart out to God and say, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't even think it's right to do this. And God, somehow, if this is your will, will you help me to do this? Not my will, thine be done. I'm talking about a good time, a better time to pray. We should pray in a time of decision. We should pray in a time of disobedience. And we should pray in a time of danger. Or when he's on board the ship and and she's rocking back and forth and it looks like it's going to be torn all to pieces and they've already had to throw everything overboard. It's a good time to fall down and say, God, stop this wind, save us. Yeah, yeah. That's a good time to pray.
But he didn't. <laughs> and I'm not going to throw any stones at Jonah, honey, because I've been in that shape several times myself, and I didn't pray when it would have been a better time to pray. But here's the encouraging thing about it, is notice when he prays. The Bible said, And Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. You know what encourages me? It encourages me that anybody can pray if Jonah can pray. But it also encourages me that you can pray any time. It's never. Are you listening to me tonight? It's never. I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care what you've been engaged in. I don't care how far along the journey you've gone and what you've done. It's never too late to pray. <laughs> yeah, it would have been better if he'd have prayed before he'd made his decision. It would have been better if he'd prayed before the, he got thrown over. been better, but he didn't. But it's, I got encouragement for you. It's still not too late. <laughs> you say, but you don't know how bad things are. I don't care. It's still never too late to pray. <laughs> I'm encouraged in this asking of prayer when I think of who is praying and when he's praying, but, but I, I'll tell you, I'm also encouraged when I think of where he is praying. My goodness. Anybody can pray. They can pray anytime, but here's the good thing. You can pray anywhere. If you can get a prayer from the belly of a whale, I tell you, probably two or three miles deep in the ocean, clean out of the ocean, beyond the atmosphere and the stars, Clean in thy glory, and God can hear it. Honey, he can hear a prayer anywhere. I don't know where you may be locked up tonight. I don't know how deep in the waters of the ocean you may be, but honey, God doesn't have any problem hearing prayers anywhere. I'm telling you, asking a prayer. Oh, yes. Praying in it. You know what they tell us? <laughs> they say you can't pray in school. Don't tell Jonah that. He can pray in the belly of a hole. I believe God can hear a student's prayer. You can't. You can't legislate prayer. And say, somebody said they threw prayer out of school. Not when I was in there. They passed that law before I ever graduated, but I tell you what, I still prayed after God saved me. Can't stop that. They didn't stop Daniel. And I'm going to tell you, honey, he's praying from the belly of a whale. You may be in a dark dungeon tonight. You may be in a hemmed up situation you've never been in. I've got good news. I want to encourage you. God hears prayer from anywhere. Asking him prayer. Asking him prayer. And then you know what I like about this asking of prayer? Not only can anybody pray anytime, anywhere, but notice who his prayer is to. The Bible said he prayed unto the Lord. He is God. 
He wasn't down there praying for them mariners that maybe they'd go fishing and, and get a whale so he could get out. He was praying to the one that can do anything. Thank God. I'm encouraged that when we're praying, we're not just throwing up breath to the air. We're not just saying empty words, but we're talking to a God that can move mountains, that can raise the dead and heal the sick and create the world by the moving of His fingertips. We're talking to a God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ever ask to think. And somebody said, it's all over for Jonah. This is too bad a situation. But wait a minute. He's praying to a God that can do anything. Praying pretty good, ain't it? Anybody, anytime, anywhere, anything. Huh? He said, you ask, and I'll do it. Oh, I'm talking about the asking of prayer, what's engaged in it. It is an encouraging thing to me that all you got to do is ask, engage in prayer, and God can take care of it. Asking of prayer. <laughs> prayer is engaged in asking. And if you ask, he said, I'll give it. And so we're talking about the asking. How do you spell relief? We're talking about prayer, the asking of prayer. But then the second thing that I want to point out to you that excites my heart is the activity of prayer. The activity of prayer. Prayer, you know, we, we, we have these phrases, these signs, and, and they say uh, prayer changes things, and prayer works, and I agree with that. Prayer does work, and, and it does engage in activities. Jesus said, by faith, you ask whatsoever you will, and it'll be done. Prayer is, a, is an active force. It, it has power in it to achieve what needs to be done. Because of God. I think about Elijah. He prayed 63 words, and what happened? Activity. Fire fell from heaven. He prayed on another occasion, and the rain stopped. He prayed on another occasion, and the rain started. Now tell me that prayer don't work. I think about a little old girl that wanted to have a child and couldn't have a child and she prayed, her name was Hannah, prayed and agonized before God and she had that little boy as a result of it. I'm telling you, prayer works. When you've tried everything else and it's all failed, go before God in the simple attitude of prayer and you'll find out prayer really works. works. Now, if you'll notice in chapter number 2, prayer worked. We're talking about the activity of prayer. Prayer worked in that it, it moved God, didn't it? Or didn't it move God? The Bible said in verse 10, the Lord spake unto the fish. God was moved through prayer. Man, I'm telling you. Did you think of something you could say or do that would move some of the great leaders of this world? Not much. But I'll tell you, as little as you and I are, we can just bow upon our knees and move a holy God that created this world. You think about that. 
I can't move presidents and kings and nations and armies. My command will get no one to do anything. But I'm going to tell you, my prayer will get God to move. Moves God. Mm, I like it when God's on the move, don't you? Especially on my behalf. Jonah prayed and God moved as a result of that prayer. He couldn't do anything. He realized he couldn't do anything. He was in predicament that was impossible for him, but he could do one thing. He could pray. And in prayer he did, and then God took over. Honey, whether you realize it or not, life is a circumstance and situation filled with impossible tasks, and all we can do is pray, but pray will move heaven's energies. Thank God. Prayer moved God. But not only did prayer move God, but I noticed that prayer moved the whale. Didn't it? The Bible said, and he vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Prayer done that. Prayer moved God, and prayer moved the whale. They can prayer can move anything for you. They can prayer can move anything for me. I'm talking about the activity of prayer. But I'm going to tell you something that is that is as important and maybe more important to either one of these two. Prayer not only moved God, prayer not only moved the whale, but I'm going to tell you, prayer moved Jonah. And you know what the bulk of praying is all about? The bulk of praying is not so much of changing circumstances and situations, though God does many times if it is His will. But every time, if you really pray, every time, I cannot promise you every time the whale will spit you out. I cannot promise you that every time God will do what you're asking to be done. But I can tell you, if you really engage in prayer, that prayer will move you. I'm going to tell you, we need moves more than anybody or anything because most of the predicaments of our lives are on the inside. And God gave us prayer so it could change us. Remember when Jesus went into the garden and prayed. What did he pray about? He prayed about that cup. But before the prayer was over with, he didn't change God. He didn't change what was going to happen. But in his prayer, he said, Thy will be done. Prayer brings us to the place of where we accept what God wants, and it changes us. See, Jonah's a changed man after this prayer. He's a changed man. If you really pray, you'll be a changed man. Notice the changes that take place. He's entirely different in chapter 2 in, in his attitude and everything than what he was in chapter 1. Notice how it changed him. Verse, I'm talking about the activity of prayer. Prayer moved God. Prayer moved the whale. Now prayer is moving Jonah. You don't believe it? Look in verse 2. He said, and I did what? I cried. Boy, he's been moved to tears, hasn't he? He's been moved to cry out to God. Why? Because of the pain and the agony of his soul. Now, let me say this in passing. There is nothing... There is nothing that will bring you to true and genuine prayer like agony and pain will. 
God orchestrated and created and planned that there would be times of sorrow and heartache and disappointment in our lives so that we would get down to business and really pray. Jonah is really praying as he cried out. There's several kinds of praying that we can do. We can do repetitious prayers as we, as we quote the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven. We can do respectful prayers as we bow our heads and thank God for our food. And we can do responsible prayers as we pray one for another. But honey, none of those will ever pair up and par up to real, genuine, Holy Ghost praying. Because I'm going to tell you, that kind of praying comes out of the depths. And God intends on taking all of us down to the depths and locking us up so that we will pray. We won't have to be told to pray. We won't have to be taught to pray. We won't have to be fussed out to pray, honey. We'll just pray because our hearts are broken. Jonah's not reading no books on prayer down there. There's nothing wrong with that. He's not even listening to a good tape message on prayer. And nobody's pointing their finger and saying, you better pray. Honey, he can't do nothing but pray. It comes out of the depths of his soul. God brings circumstances and situations into your life. The reason why he does is because he wants you to learn what real praying's all about. Jonah cried, he's moved. He's moved. Not only that, notice he, he's not only crying, but notice with me in verse number 4. He said, I will look again toward thy holy temple. What did he do? He turned and run the other direction. But honey, when he got down here all locked up and started praying, he said, I'm going to repent and look back. Real genuine prayer will not only cause your soul to cry, but it will cause you to repent and do some repenting. Not only that, look in verse number 6. He said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountain. Prayer involves not only crying out and not only repentance, but it involves a journey as he goes to the bottom. Now this TV evangelism, I don't know what you think about it, but that, that tries to make us think that what we're supposed to do is go around and with a facade, a face, and show our teeth all the time and be real happy. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you walk with God, there's going to be some times when your soul is seemingly in the depths of the pit of hell and the only thing left is a crying out to God. It's a journey down. But notice in, notice in verse number 7, I'm telling you, Jonah's being moved. He said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. He's being moved. I remembered the Lord. His focus is on God. You not try to get his attention. You not try to say, hey, look up here. Lift your heads up now. Look, look, look. No, you didn't have to. He was focused on God and concerned about nothing else. That's real, real praying. In verse number 9, notice what he did. 
He said, I will sacrifice unto thee the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I vow. <laughs> he said, God, I'm getting things right all the way. And what I told you I was going to do to begin with, I promise you I'm going to do. I'm a, you let me out of here. We're going to Nineveh. <laughs> oh, won't, can't God get you on track? When it brings you to the spirit of real, genuine, Holy Ghost prayer. I say, we need to be moved in this thing of prayer. And God knows how to move us. He knows how to take us from the superficial to the real and genuine, agonizing, crying out to God. Oh God, we need your help. It is impossible. I'm talking about the asking of prayer. I'm talking about the activity of prayer. The activity of prayer. I'm going to tell you something. You get down to business and God really gets you in the place of prayer. You begin to cry out unto Him. You won't be trying to keep up your spiritual batting average so you can say you prayed 30 minutes, honey. You won't even keep, be keeping track of the time. You're more concerned with what you're praying about than how long you're praying. You're more concerned with a God that will hear you. Anybody ever tells you that they stayed up and prayed until 4 o'clock in the morning, you know one thing, mark it down. They didn't pray. They just stood, stayed up and counted the clock and the time and all those other things. None of that's important. The important thing is that your soul is getting a hold of God. Who cares how long it takes? Activity of prayer. But then I want you to notice with me the answer to prayer. And don't we love the answer to prayer? The answer to prayer. And there it is. The Bible said in verse 10, And the Lord spake unto the fish. Now this is what I call a sovereign act. The least prayer request that would be represented here tonight if we were to ask for prayer requests would be beyond any one of our abilities to answer. Prayer always involves a sovereign act. God has to be the one to answer that prayer. You can't do it. Man can't do it. God has to answer our prayer. It is a sovereign act. And he answers this prayer. It, by his word, he answers this prayer. The Bible said he spake by his word. He sure did. In his own way, he answered this prayer. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, I can think of a lot of, I, you know, we not only want our prayers answered, but we want them answered our way, don't we? Huh? I tell you, I, I I know I've got ways. I've got ways. I want my prayers answered. And we, and I guess that's where a lot of this message come from. Our oldest daughter kind of went wild on us a couple of years ago. And man, have I have we prayed, agonized, and, and cried, and everything? But you know what? <clears throat> I must confess to you in my in my praying at times. I've had my way, but I wanted it answered. God doesn't answer prayer your way. God answers prayer His way. He's got a way. A 
thought about in the New Testament there when Jesus healed that man, the Bible said he spit in his face and healed him. Well, I don't mind being healed, but don't spit on me. Huh? Ain't there a better way of doing this? A little bit more dignified? But see, God don't worry about that. He's got his way of doing things. <laughs> Jonah would have rather that that whale would have navigated up to some fancy port somewhere and had a servant out there waiting with some water and, and a towel and everything where he could clean up and look dignified and smell right before he went to the meeting. <laughs> but no! God's way was... He rolled out with all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> God answers prayer His way. And Jonah was glad to get out anyway. And I'm going to tell you, if you get down there and God gets you where you need to be, you won't be picky as long as you can get out. <laughs> Who cares how it gets here, how it gets done? Just get it done, God! Aren't we so demanding on Him? Huh? Lord, now you know we've only got 30 minutes to get this done. And Lord, you know how I want it in red and pink and blue. And Lord, you know how now we need it. And no, 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 no. He's not going to be dictated. He answers in His way. <laughs> vomited him out. That's bad. I don't tell you he done it according to his will. The thing that prayer hinges on is the very will of God. Jesus taught us that. Prayer is not according to your will because your will is foreign to God's will. If God gave every one of us our will... This world be in a mess. It'd be raining here, storming here, snowing here. This world be in a mess. God does things according to His own will. The way He does it. It's a sovereign act. But you know what? It's a simple fact. It's a simple fact. The Bible says so simple. Look in verse 10. You don't have to know about all of... You don't have to go to school for zoology to learn all about a whale and why this whale in its metabolism got sick and throwed up a creature before you can believe that God answered prayer. Huh? Kind of like these crazy things coming out, you know, to let us know how the Israelites really got across the Red Sea. And when you listen to that, it's so confusing. It's a lot simpler just to read they, the Lord split it, they went across. Huh? Oh, how the miracles happen. You don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. We can't explain it. It's just happened. Huh? And I like the old mountain fellow. I can't explain to you. Why a whale would fight, swallow a preacher and not digest him after three days and then vomit him out? I can't explain that, but my, the simplicity of it is the Lord did it. The Lord, hey, 
We don't have to make this thing profound and spooky. God. It don't have to be that way. Just simple. The Lord answered that prayer. Hey, how'd that happen? Don't ask me. God done it. I like those kind of answers, don't you? Well, if you really want to know how it happened, I think the Lord was in on it, but look, well, let's forget that. Huh? The very simple thing about prayer is, is that God answers prayer. You don't have to have a PhD or be a rocket scientist to know that. It's simply God answering prayer. And Jonah, man, where you been? I've fallen my well. I thought I'd smell that smell down there when they're cutting up them. What, what do you mean you swallowed by a whale? I swallowed by a whale. It's simple. Well, how'd you get out? He throwed me up. What do you mean he throwed He got sick and throwed me up. Aren't you glad that prayer, God put it on a level where Honey, you don't have to know all the ins and outs and all that other stuff. Just pray. God answers prayer. I love it, don't you? God answers prayer. And you won't have to go around trying to prove to everybody God answers your prayer. You see me, folks? Honey! If you spent three days and three nights in hell or next to hell in a bed of a whale and God Almighty answered your prayer and vomited you up, you don't have to prove it to nobody. They can look at you and smell you and know you've been somewhere. You don't have to come around saying, God answers prayer, honey. They'll know God answers prayer. They'll know God answers prayer. Let me close with this illustration of something that happened in my life. I had a dear lady in my church, Miss Smith is her name, and she was in her late 70s. Uh, she's about 84, I believe it is now, is that 84? And uh, she, was, she got sick, real sick, and she was in the hospital. And she'd went into a coma and uh, had been in one for several days. And there was a series of events that surrounded that. And I can't tell you these things happen to me often. This is only one of maybe two times I've had anything like this happen. But anyway, she was, she was at the door of death, and everybody knew it. And... Uh, you know, when somebody gets near 80 years old, I mean, I've, I've, I've preached a lot of funerals in, in, in my, well, I've pastored now where I'm at 17 years and about five years in the place I was at before, so 22, 23 years, I've preached a lot of funerals and a lot of them been old folks, precious folks. But I rejoice because they got promoted. It's been a blessed time when they knew the Lord and served the Lord all those years. And so it never really, I mean, I've missed them. I mean, many of them have been a part of my life. I mean, older folks, it seems, from a very young uh, preacher, older folks have been, have been, God has put them close to me. It was something about that thing that the Lord just, 
he really burdened my heart. I just couldn't get over it. It was on my mind, on my heart. But she was, it just wasn't time. The situation wasn't right. I can't tell you why. I'm just saying that's the way it was. And I stood out in front of, in the doorway of that uh, hospital room when the doctor stood there with her only son. And that doctor said to her only son, said, if, if anybody wants to come and see her, they need to come now because all of her vital organs are shutting down. We can't barely get a pulse. Her kidneys have quit and uh, it's just over. And if you've got a preference, this is about 7 o'clock, he said, if you've got a preference, you need to call the funeral home. That's how close it was. You need to call the funeral home that you want to take the body. And when he said that, I just turned and started walking down the hall. And like I could say, I, this is not, I'm not one of them, you know, fellas that see me. But while I was walking down the hall, the Lord spoke to me just as clear in my heart. And he said, Son, you want me to heal her? And I stopped, and I said, Lord, are you talking to me? And he said, yeah, I'm talking to you. Do you want me to heal her? And I said, Lord, I sure would. He said, well, ask me. And I stood right there just a few feet from that door at uh, 7 o'clock one evening, and I said, Lord, I'm asking you to heal her. My whole church is a testimony and a witness to what I'm fixing to tell you. They know what the situation was and how far she was gone. The next morning, she didn't get better. The next morning, they had every machine off of her. She was up of her own will. She, you know how you, if you lay in the bed, you get weak? She didn't even have weak. She was eating breakfast. The doctor came in after going home that night and the nurses took him to that room and he said, I cannot believe it. You know how usually they have to wheel him out of the hospital room? I'm telling you the truth. The nurses stood on the side while she walked out. And in three days, she was out digging potatoes. And here's the good news. Not only... Did God heal her physically? But he filled that girl, that woman, 80, almost 80 years old with the Holy Ghost at the same time. And honey, there has been no doubt of what God Almighty done. And how God has raised her up and used her mightily in these last five or six years. I'm talking about mightily. She writes letters to us. She moved off to a retirement center near her son. And I'm gonna, they'd only make a decision down there, but what they go in and sit down and talk to Miss Smith. I'm telling you the truth. Old timers getting saved. God moving. Write letters and you'd swear the apostle Paul would write them like that. Filled with the Holy Ghost and healed the same night. She didn't get better. She was totally better. Amen. You know what I'm saying. The Lord answers prayer. Amen. Yes, sir. He answers prayer. I've got good news for you tonight. He wants to answer your prayer. He knows where you're at. He knows what your needs are. He knows what you're going through. 
And I've got precious news for every soul. No matter what the situation is, bring your burdens to the Lord. He knows and hears, and He answers prayer. He can do those big things that you've done giving up on. If you'll just give me a chance and ask and see. Yeah.